There is no question about it. This experience is real. And what we'd like to do is share with you some of the scripture that speaks of the beginning of this Pentecostal experience. And we're going to follow the scripture. It's not just going to be a theology that we preach. It's going to be scriptural as well. So we're going to read from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. When the day of Pentecost. Now we celebrate Pentecost this day and once a year. Celebrating, commemorating this happening on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. <clears throat> then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, verse 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. Now, this, as I said, <clears throat> it's the beginning of this great experience. And uh, I want to read the introduction to, the, uh, to your outline. In describing the Holy Spirit's coming, Jesus specifically said, Rivers of living water shall flow from the inner being of all those who believe in me. Verses that I think are so very important when it comes to the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when it comes to Pentecost, is found in St. John chapter 7, verses 37 through 38. And it talks about that Jesus said, uh, when you're baptized out of your belly, the King James translation says, shall flow rivers of living water. And that living water flowed that day in that upper room at Pentecost, and it's still flowing today. Amen. Amen? It is still real today. Peter preached, God has poured out his spirit, a stream of restoring, healing power is released to mankind. Look at your note, if you will, and notice, first of all, the Pentecostal movement. Now, the Pentecostal movement is by far the largest and most <coughs> important, <coughs> excuse me, religious movement of the 20th century. And I think something that important should somewhat be understood. The first Pentecostals, quote, in the modern sense, appeared on the scene in 1901 in the city of Topeka, Kansas in a Bible school conducted by Charles Fox Parham, a holiness teacher and former Methodist pastor. The first person to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and that was in 1901, was Agnes Osmond. She received when hands were laid on her the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was said that Osmond spoke in Chinese for three days, unable to speak English. Now, if, you, if you've studied this, and many of you have, and uh, you're Bible students, 
You know, you know that on the day of Pentecost, as I read to, cha to chapter 4, or um, chapter, uh, verse 4, you notice that there were people gathered there all from all over the country. And the reason they were gathered there, because of this Pentecost day. In fact, it was a law of the Jewish people. They were, re were required to go to Jerusalem several times a year, but especially this time, it was called the Feast of Harvest or First Fruits. And so all of these people had come and gathered. And when the Holy Spirit fell and those 120 began to speak in tongues, then the people began to hear them in their language. And they couldn't understand it. Why? Aren't these simple Galileans? And we hear them speaking in our language. How is this possible? It is possible, or it was possible, simply by the infilling and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And that's what happened to Ms. Osmond. She received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and for three days she spoke in Chinese. She did not speak in Chinese. Now, speaking in tongues, people don't under, un, un, understand speaking in tongues. It is real. It's for us today. There is uh, the uh, speaking in tongues, the initial giving of the Holy Spirit, usually that goes with that. It's speaking in tongues. And uh, they understood them that day. And then there's this, what is called, and this is scripture. You'll find it in the, in the Apostle Paul's writing. The unknown tongue that you pray in the Spirit in your private time of prayer, in your private time of worship, you pray in tongues. And then there's a tongue to be spoken, to be interpreted in public. And, and so uh, it's a wonderful thing. We shortchange ourselves when we're not baptized with the Holy Spirit and we speak in tongues. The rise of the dates of Pentecost goes back to 1867. And since then up to this time, there has been the birth of the church of God, the birth of the church of God of prophecy, the assemblies of God, the Pentecostal holiness church, and four square church. And after that or during that time, there was the healing crusade that started in 1949 with ministers like Old Roberts, William Branham, A.A. A. Allen, Jack Coe, Gordon Lindsay. Ha, that goes back to 1949. That name Gordon Lindsay rings a bell with many of us because Gordon Lindsay began a ministry in Dallas, Texas, Christ for the Nations, and he is the one that started the fellowship, he along with other ministers, that this church belongs to. So you had all of these denominations, all of these ministries that began. And look, look at what has happened. Uh, after the 1901, then in uh, 1906, William Seymour of the Azusa Street Revival in Los Angeles, California, he held a simple revival. There was the outpouring of the Spirit of God, and that spread all over the world. Now, Seymour was a black man, 
And he came to Dunn, North Carolina, and out of that was birthed the uh, Pentecostal Holiness Church. And so there's a lot of history in that. And it began a great revival. Now, the largest church in the world is a Pentecostal church in South Korea. Brother Gerald and myself have attended that church. Did you know that 240,000 people attend that church weekly? And they're in Buenos Aires. Uh, there are two Pentecostal churches, and together, 150,000 people attend each week. So it's, this revival is all over the world. Pentecostals are all over the world. Pentecostalism has become the fastest-growing family of world Christianity. It is growing at a rate, listen to this, and I fact-checked uh, these numbers it is growing at a rate of 13 million a year or 35,000 a day. And today there are approximately 170 different denominations that identify themselves as Pentecostals or Charismatics. There are over 600 million Pentecostals in the world today. So I just said, wow! Aren't you glad to be part of what God is doing and a great outpouring of his Holy Spirit? That's something that's to be praised and glorified. Amen? God is doing a great work. You might not see it here in America, but all over the world, whether it's the whole, listen to this, the whole continent of Africa is experiencing an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. South America is experiencing great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Central America is receiving a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Even in the Middle East is experiencing a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit. India, one of the largest churches, one of the largest churches in the world is in New Delhi, India. And how that God is pouring out his spirit in all of these places. There is a revival going on at this time. Amen. Number two in your notes. The Holy Spirit baptism. It's important. Listen to me. And you can study the scripture. You can say, I want to see if that preacher preaching the word of God. I want to see that God's word substantiate what he is saying. First of all, salvation and the baptism are two distinct experiences. And I want to read the 29th verse of St. John chapter 1. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So John the Baptist is recognizing Jesus Christ as the one that takes away the sins of the world. Then four verses following that, notice what John says in verse 33. I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So you have, you have the, the salvation for the remission of sin, 
And then you have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number two, a gift of God for all believers. A gift of God for all believers. So the baptism is a gift. First of all, we receive Christ as our personal Savior. The Holy Spirit comes on the inside. He is there. When we're baptized, then that flows out of us. When we're baptized with the Holy Spirit, that river begins to flow out for ministry to touch people's life. If there ever was a time that the church needs the power of the Holy Ghost, it's today. We need to see that power. We need to see it experience. It changes people's lives. It revolutionizes their life. Acts chapter 2, 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, this is after the Holy Spirit fell. This is after Peter. They all said, all these people are drunk. They thought they were crazy. They're drunk. Peter said, we're not drunk. Notice what he says. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are afar off as many as the Lord our God will call. Doesn't sound like to me it stopped with the early church, does it to you? No. It's just as real today. So, first of all, salvation and the baptism of the Holy Spirit are two ex- uh, uh, distinct experiences. And it's not just for the preacher, not just for a select few. It's for everyone. Peter says it's for all of us. Everyone can experience, not only really, you see, it's one thing to be saved. There's nothing like being born again. There's nothing like asking Jesus to come into our hearts and to, and to save us, cleanse us, and provide for us remission of sins. It's, 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 it's a powerful redemption. But Jesus wants the church to have more. Amen. He wants us to be baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, being anointed. Jesus said in, uh, in, in, in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, and you shall receive power. Power. The church needs power today. I'm not talking about to, uh, we, should, we should humbly allow this holy power to operate in our lives. And Jesus gave the early disciples power to cast out devils to heal the sick, to raise the dead. And we need to see that kind of manifestation today. Brother Don, you believe in all that stuff? Yes. And I believe it is for the church. So salvation, the baptism, two distinct experiences. It is a gift of God for all believers. It's not something you and I earn. It's something that God knows that the church needs. And we need a church. The early, early disciples had power with God. There were miracles. There were signs and wonders. 
there were great happenings with the early church. And if we're not careful, if, if we don't entertain this great truth, we'll lose out with God and the church will be anemic. And we don't need to be weak. The church needs to be strong. Amen? It needs to be strong. Now, how do you receive it? By asking and through obedience. Luke chapter 11. I love this, this scripture, this text. Verses 9 through 13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it shall and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? Now look at verse 13. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who do what? Say it again. Ask. Ask. Sure you ask in faith. Sure you ask believing. But he says, and he makes it, makes it well known here. The Holy Spirit, he's not just talking about anything. Give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Acts chapter 5, verse 32. And we are his witnesses to these things. And, and the writer says, And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. There must be that hunger. There must be that desire. God, I, I, I want to receive this power. Not for some selfish reason, but that the church is equipped to reach out to a hurting world. To a world that is possessed with evil and immorality. To a nation that is, our nation needs help today. And as Brother Larry was saying, the gospel is the only answer. It is the answer. And so we need this power, we need the flow of the Holy Spirit. Let me quickly go through number three with you. Look at it. Let me, let me, let me show you what are the results of receive, receiving the baptism. It's an anointing. Listen at me. It's an anointing for ministry. First of all, there's new power. And then we take this from Jack Hayford. There's a new power for service. There's a new power for witness. You shall be witnesses. There's number two. There's a new pursuit for growth in the word of God. The comforter, he says in John chapter uh, 14, verse 26, will show you. In Ephesians, Paul says in Ephesians that the spirit of wisdom and revelation. It is one thing to read the Bible. So interesting to read God's word. It is another thing to have the Holy Spirit that is active in our lives. That he will reveal his word to us. The only way you and I can understand the scripture is through and by the Holy Spirit. First of all, there's power for service and power for witnessing. Second of all, there's the pursuit in the growth of the word of God. And then thirdly, there's potency in prayer. Potency in prayer. Listen to this. Now, now, now follow me. Praying in the Spirit, Ephesians 6, 18. 
Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. In fact, the Bible says we don't even know what to pray for as we ought, but He, He, the Holy Spirit, will help us. He makes intercession for us. Hallelujah. You know how to pray. You know how to intercede for those in need. God will reveal that to you. God will bless you in your praying. God will minister to you in your praying. So there's a new potency in prayer. And then number four, there's a new passion for worship. Worship is good. This morning, the songs were beautiful. And the worship was wonderful. But what enhances us when it comes to worship is the Holy Spirit. We need, we need to desire. The Bible says, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding. He says, I will sing with the Spirit, which refers to intimacy and release to worship. It's important that we understand that God is calling the church to go on and experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'll sing with the understanding and I'll sing with the Spirit. What is he saying? I'll sing with words I know and I'll sing with words perhaps I don't know. I'll just begin to speak in tongues and begin to magnify. There's nothing like it. It is absolutely wonderful. Most of you know that I have been for the last 20 years through cancer. And I'm going to tell you something. There is nothing like having the anointing and spirit of God in your life and this wonderful gift of speaking in tongues. I hardly ever give blood. I give a lot of blood. When you go through sickness, you give a lot of blood. I hardly ever give blood that I don't speak in tongues. I don't do it audibly. It's not to be disturbing. But I begin to speak in tongues. When they're rolling me down the corridor of the hospital. And I, you don't know what's going to happen. You don't know. They're going to operate on you. And you don't know what the outcome of the operation is. And I begin to speak in tongues. I begin to speak in tongues. It is wonderful. Paul says, I will pray with the Spirit and I will pray with the understanding. Paul says, I will sing with the Spirit and I will sing with the understanding. How long has it been since you, you just allowed yourself to be obedient to God, receive from Him, and let the Holy Spirit bless you? There is nothing like kneeling down before God in your private prayer time in your private worship time. Praying yes in English. Praying yes with the understanding. But also praying in tongues. You say, what are you saying? I don't know. But he knows. And when your heart is so heavy, you don't know what to say. When life deals you with problems, and we all have them, we don't know what to say. I don't even know how to pray. But I begin to worship God and I begin to praise the Lord. And all of a sudden, something wonderful begins to happen. And you speak in tongues. Here it says in Acts chapter 2, it says, and they, listen to this, and they began 
to speak in tongues. If you'll read what Luke is writing here in Acts, it's an indication that it's something that they did often. He said, I don't know about all those tongues, Pastor. Well, Paul, the Apostle Paul, very intelligent man, very religious man. But he says, I speak in tongues more than you all. I'll be the Apostle Paul spent hours before the Lord speaking in tongues. I want to say it again. You shortchange yourself when you don't allow yourself to worship God, praise Him, and communicate with Him with speaking in tongues. I'm ending with this bottom part. Notice it with me. You can receive the baptism today by taking three simple steps. These are faith steps. Notice, first of all, you ask in faith. You ask in faith. And I just read it, Luke 11, 9 through 13. You receive by faith. Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Brother, wow. I don't believe I put that on there, but Mark chapter 11. You receive by faith. You don't have that, do you, uh, is that it? Nope. So you ask by faith, Luke. You receive by faith, Mark. And then you speak by faith. Acts chapter 2 and verse 4. I just read it into your hearing. They began to speak. Notice what I have here. Speaking in tongues is not involuntary. They spake. If we're worshiping God or we believe in God and exercise in faith for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and we're expecting him to knock us down and we're expecting him to boom, make us speak in tongues, it won't happen. But if we're open and we come to God in faith and we ask in faith, what did he say? He's not going to give you a scorpion. He's going to give you the Holy Spirit. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. You ask in faith. And then you accept by faith. You begin to speak in tongues. Now listen, at first it may be gibberish. You think God don't appreciate you gibbering? I believe God likes our gibberishing. I know when our kids were small and they didn't talk. And then they started gibbering. I loved it. Oh, he said daddy. She said daddy. No, she said mama. God likes our gibberishing, but what happens as we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to minister through us, then it becomes plain. You still don't understand it. It's a wonderful, wonderful praise unto God. Now, Paul laid his hands, listen to this, in Ephesus, Paul's laid his hands on them, and they began to speak in tongues. God filled. We can't lay our hands on you today because we're not going to touch you. But notice, Peter was preaching. Peter was preaching at a Gentile's house, Cornelius. And while he spoke, listen to this, while he spoke, the Holy Spirit fell upon them and they began to do what? Speak in tongues. And that's what God wants for us today. He wants us to be obedient to him. Allow his Holy Spirit. James, are you trying to tell us something back there, young man? Are you trying to see that he, he was see he was doing something. 
I guess he was feeling the spirit of the Lord. And you know, God understood him. You may not understand him. And you know what? You may not understand yourself sometimes when you're speaking in tongues. But God understands. He knows. He knows. I have a little book I want to give to you. I don't, it's out on the uh, table in the foyer at the Welcome Center. I'd like for you to pick it up. It's written by June Evans. And it's so simple. It's, you can read it with one sitting. I would encourage you to read it, to read it several times. It's understanding the baptism with the Holy Spirit. Please. If you've yet to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, pick this up. Read it. I want to see if that, what that preacher said. Read Acts. Read the whole book of Acts. Throughout the whole book of Acts, there's a manifestation of the power of God. And the gifts of the Spirit, the nine gifts of the Spirit, is revealed. First Corinthians, especially 12, 13, or 12 and 14. It talks about the baptism. It's scriptural, folks. It's real, as I sung earlier. This baptism is real. And you can receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you've not received, please pick up a book. A lot of times it's easier when you're alone by yourself anyway and people are not looking at you and listening to you. Just go before the Lord in prayer. Get on your knees and read his holy word. Get on your knees and read this, bio, this book. Get on your knees and read the second chapter of the book of Acts. Let the Lord reveal to you the great things he's got for you. Your family, your community, your neighborhood, Wherever you go, they need to see the power of God that's operating in your life. And God will do it. Stand with me, please, if you will. Here's a prayer I, I ran across, and then I'm going to pray in just a moment without this prayer. But I want to pray this first. Lord, flow forth fresh water courses of Holy Spirit fullness and power in my life. Listen at me. Let the flow bear me forward. I don't want to become a stagnant pool of former blessing, but a rising river of fresh inspiration. Let the rivers run deep. I don't want to be shallow in my part of my life, in any part of my life. Let the sandbar of carnal obstruction in my nature be furrowed out by the force of of the stream. Lord, let me learn to flow together with other believers as a stream becomes tributaries to a larger river. Let any smallness become lost in my surrender to your spirits blending me with all those who love you in truth. Let me move in the unity of Jesus' life and love. Listen to what it says. I hope this is our prayer today. Lord, let me be a channel. In a world where, there, where the blind and the bound seek spiritual channels to touch the realm of the supernatural and thereby only become more confused. Let me be a part, a pure channel of Holy Spirit life and truth. Let me bring the wholeness of who you really are in Jesus' name. Come Holy Spirit as rivers of living water Give us a rekindled passion 
for God and the work which he calls us to perform. Come Holy Spirit, I need you. Come Holy Spirit, I pray. Come Holy Spirit, come in thine own willful way. Close your eyes for just a moment. Just close your eyes. Do you need something from God? We usually come to the altar we want this morning. But right where you're standing, the Holy Spirit is just as real there as it is in this altar. You may need to be born again. You may need to be what we call saved. You may need Christ as your personal Savior. Or you might be one that needs, you know, you're a believer. You know the Holy Spirit dwells in you, but you, you desire with a passion for Him to flow out of you as a river. You may be in that condition. You may be one that you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but we need to hear the word that Paul said. He said, stir up the gift. Be refilled with the Holy Spirit. The early church they accepted, received the baptism, but they were refilled many times. If we're not careful, this way of life becomes old and stagnant, as we said. We lose our first love. God rekindle that fire in our hearts. Those songs that were sung this morning, God rekindle those fires in our heart. Do a work, dear God. Oh, Holy Spirit, we, want, we don't want just to sing about you. We don't want just to ask you to come, but would you come? Would you come? Open your heart to the Lord today. Father, we walk out these doors and we'll turn on our televisions and our radios. We'll have conversations about what's happening in our nation. All the rioting, all the bitterness, all the hate as it's spewed out in our streets. But God, you can give peace. You can give peace through your Holy Spirit. Right now, in Jesus' name, for every mom, every dad, every young person in this place today, fill them with your Spirit. Speak peace to them. Grant unto them a tranquility that nothing in the world will provide. Rebirth hope, hope, hope in their hearts. In the name of Jesus, God, baptize every believer. Baptize every believer. Refill, dear God, those that need refilling. Move by your Holy Spirit. May we walk out these doors different than what we came in. And preaching won't do that. Programs won't do that. But your Holy Spirit will. And your peace goes deep into our hearts. When the world around us, 
us rages. You give peace. You give peace in Jesus' name.